All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. What's on the docket this week, since you can see? Today on Show Show 178, Gatsby <laughs> in the public domain. Amazing, it is. Netflix show ending four-year hiatus? Which one? I guess we'll find out. Nail the Jeopardy prediction. Did I? Yes. <laughs> Most pirated show of 2020? I bet you can guess. Locked down trailer. Which was stupid. We'll talk about all those things. And the Wilds and Bridgerton. Yeah, yeah, those are the shows we're going to talk about. Yeah. Which you know from the title of this podcast episode, the which automatically downloaded to your device. That's right. But we barely talk about it leading into it, almost as if like we shouldn't be talking about it at all before it happens. You're right. I we think there's, there's kind of like an air, and maybe this used to be the case and is less so now because we're so casual about the podcast now, which I like, by yes. the way. Yeah. Um, but I think before we were like, dancing around this idea that there was some kind of um, mask over what we were ultimately going to discuss. You hear other like amateur podcasters do this or like when celebrities first get into hosting a celebrity interview podcast, right. they're like kind of building it up like you don't know who it might be. Right. And then you're like, I know it's Fred Armisen. I can see it in the title. <laughs> yeah. And you want it to be in the title for those clicks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, first things first, how's your week? How are you? Uh, week's okay. First week back to work. Oh, I know. First week of dry January. Oh yeah. Slash hopefully dry quarter. You've all right. You seem to have less uh less confidence about the whole thing than you did last week when you told me about it. No, 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 no. You're just a no, realist. I'm, I'm I'm good. I, the only thing, like I said, the only thing that would prevent me at all is is a potential like wedding thing. Sure. Otherwise, I'm disciplined, baby. So not like um bleak despair or dissolution no at the state of i the would world. feel way too much shame to turn to the bottle at that point yeah it's i understand that. i'd only ask that because there were a lot of people tweeting yesterday during yeah. the whole capital situation mm. so much for dry january uh, ha, ha, ha. yeah it's like do you really need a drink after yesterday well i had Some one people. did you just ceremonially right just to be like i think i want this right now sure yeah and yeah. i made no pledge no of course not no if you did you would feel shame yeah, probably. Well, I mean, I feel enough shame as it is. Yeah. <laughs> you feel enough shame for everyone. Here I am, a, a person living in this world. Yeah. <laughs> Feeling shame and such. Just a shame to even be here. Have you been watching anything new in the last week outside uh, of these shows? No. I uh, I don't think so. I mean, we watched a bunch of Creek like we always do. That's as it is. Mm -hmm. Nothing new to say Creek-wise. Okay, this is dumb. I rewatched. The 1994 Macaulay Culkin, Richie Rich movie. Is he in it? Because I convinced myself that it wasn't Macaulay Culkin and Richie Rich. It was like a guy that kind of looked like So him. what you might be thinking is uh, a Richie Rich Christmas, which was sort of an indirect sequel to okay. the Macaulay Culkin movie. That could yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. He plays Richie Rich. Macaulay Culkin does. And then he doesn't appear in a movie for nine years. Right. That was his last movie. It was his last movie. Did he have a bad time. experience or something? I don't know. Because I watched him. I clearly went down a rabbit hole. Because I watched him promoting it on Letterman. Uh, and he was talking about how like, I mean, he was like clearly a seasoned pro at like 14 years old. He was very good at promoting a movie. And right. He was like pretty comfortable on talk shows and stuff, yeah. which is bizarre. Um, and a 14 year old. Um, no, he doesn't indicate that he's like going to take a break for a few years or anything. Cause Dave asks him, are you going to do any more home alone movies? And he's like, you know, I don't know. Maybe. Right. He's like pretty cagey about the whole thing. Like yeah, what yeah. a pro, what a right. diplomat. Um, anyway, I watched the Richie Rich movie as a kid. Which is innocent enough and like very 90s kid movie, fantastical, like 
Rugrats adjacent. Okay. So I remembered all of it. As I rewatched it, I was like, oh, yeah, I know, I know the roller coaster. I know he has a McDonald's. I know right. like, Keen Bean. That's the professor who lives in his house. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it all came uh, right back to me. Although I started to question, like, did this set me and my peers up for like a fascination with having money. Does this, does this character inherently glamorize being the richest person in the world, which I now realize is an ugly thing to be? Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. The deep question to ask yourself. And well, I mean, you have your own McDonald's. It's definitely set up to be pretty enviable to kids. Yeah, definitely. To the extent that I asked for a uh, like McDonald's station when I was in grade primary. One of those like, things where you put a piece of bread through and it slices it up slices like French up fries. fries. Yeah, that's yeah. the same. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wanted that. And the, that's the the saddest part of all is I was uh, not smart at that point. Not smart enough to know that I wasn't actually going to get McDonald's meals from it. I was right. like, oh, sweet. Now I can have like in-house McDonald's. Sure. This is going to be terrific. Well, you fell to the for the marketing ploy. Wait a second. You got this idea from the Richie Rich movie? No, I got it from the commercial for the the toy but oh, i might yeah. have like maybe i watched the richie rich movie and thought i need this but i think i was a little older when that came out look weren't we all victims of some kind of um <laughs> some <laughs> kind of pageantry <laughs> some kind of ploy i think we were all conned rused so, as too. little kids came out in 94 you were not too young too old to see the richie rich movie no okay if it came out in 94 that probably would have been the same time that, that was I in got. your wheelhouse you maybe just missed it yeah i was that's so weird that I, I don't think I saw it. Anyway, all that to say, I think I have been uh, bred to glamorize wealth right. in a way that I'm only reckoning with now. Blank although check, it, it Blank also, check, I think, did this for me. Similar idea, though. Yeah. Similar idea. It's like, although I think it also has the similar uh, similar backwards message, which is, by the way, money can't buy you happiness because ultimately right. Richie's lonely. Right. He needs friends. But through the whole movie, kids are like, yeah, the, the main takeaway for me is, wouldn't it be cool to be rich? Well, yeah. Is that the case in Blank Check? I think so. He's like, he's got a, a water slide coming from his bedroom into a pool. Right, but do people think he's weird? Uh, yeah, people definitely think he's weird. People think Richie's weird, too. They won't they won't hang out with him at first. Right. They're like, what a freak. Right. He actually is so bullied by his brothers. It's like an insane amount of, like the kind where you're like, this isn't even like appropriate. This is a smart kid who's they, like a computer genius. That movie's on the plus, right? Yeah. Blank check. So there's a movie from my childhood, circa then. Yeah. And I don't remember anything about it. I, I know I saw a blank check and I remember very little except for the core premise. Right. And so I'm wondering if this other movie I'm thinking of is the same movie or if it's just around then. So I need you to help me. I'll try. Because all I remember of this other movie that I saw once at the same age is that there were maybe some like adoptive parents or some guardians and there was a room in their house that you're not allowed to go to. Big, beautiful house. Crazy. You can't believe how lucky you are to live here. Mm -hmm. Never go in this room. Okay. Does that ring a bell? It's not blank check. No, it didn't seem like it could be blank check. Uh, no, I'm so not sure what that. What like, that like they're be. touring this kid around a house, and they're like, "And here's our <sighs> our swimming pool, and here's all the million reasons why you're going to be so happy to live in this mansion." See that door? Never open that door. Whoa. And I was always remember being like, I remember being kind of haunted by that. Naturally, I'm sure they open the door, and you learn why you're not supposed to see what's behind the door. And it wasn't like a scary thing. It was yeah. like a, you know, probably like a. A Disney adjacent movie. It wasn't like Gremlins or something. No, because I would remember that yeah. more strictly. I would remember if I'd seen Gremlins, which I'm pretty sure I have not. Um, if anybody can help me out with that, because that's all I can give you, I would love a heads up. Tweet at, us at Show Show Podcast. Text on Twitter. sweets. 
Yeah, we're just like, here's my phone number yeah. and my SIN in case that helps. 1-800-SHOW-SHOW. <laughs> Operators are standing by. Yeah. Oh, we got a caller. At all times. <laughs> I wonder if there's a good way to perfect the having a caller on a podcast format. Because when I had an FM radio station at 13 years old. Yeah. You guys we, nailed it. We did have a phone. Yeah. Which was just like the home phone of my friend's parents. Right. And we would make outgoing calls. Right. To who? Would you get do like prank calls on? Uh, we did do the odd prank call, or we weren't good at it though. Right. We were too we were too innocent to do good sure. prank calls. Um, so I'm not sure we used it at all. Sometimes we would like plant characters, nice, uh, like from friends or like family members or whatever. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> it was a real creative little kid. It was a real whack pack. <laughs> um, show I've been watching, uh, which you probably have heard about. It's called How to with John Wilson. No. I actually finished this series last night. So it was produced by uh, Nathan Fielder. Okay. Um, but it's uh, it's John Wilson. He's this guy in New York. He's basically like a, a bachelor in New York who um, walks around. Really awkward guy. He's basically taking video of everything and then kind of like sets a narrative to it. Like he'll just go down random roads with people. He'll kind of like construct a narrative about every so the first one's like how to make small talk and it's like this huge like like monologue that he gives this huge awkward monologue about making small talk like you can make small talk about um going to a restaurant or and it's like just like this narrative is it earnest over is it It, earnest it is earnest okay it is earnest and actually the last episode i almost got like there and there's some serious discomfort at points throughout this show too. Yeah. Like there was one particular scene where I wanted to shut all the blinds in my house. Like my friend was over, my friend Alex is over watching. I was like, I don't want anyone to see this. This is the craziest thing From ever. From cringe. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, um, you got emotional at one point. And then at the end, it like kind of ties into this whole, like, like there's like a, a bit of a COVID message, which you don't see coming. Cause it's, I don't know how much he's filmed over the last, bunch of years and it has to do with like his landlord is um is an old like italian woman and she makes him call her mama and he watches <laughs> jeopardy with mama and okay. and so the whole like tie and he is he, like he wants to cook for her and he's like yeah, you can do a lot of things with cooking and like he goes to the grocery store and talks to people and like he meets a guy who tries to teach him how to cook risotto. And that's a whole like funny thing in his own. It's all strangers. Right. Right. Except for mama. It's like the first like consistent, the first like character that you meet in this show. She's going to die. Isn't she's she? a real person. She doesn't die. Okay. Um, but there is a whole thing where he wants to cook for her. And then all of a sudden he's like in a store. He's like, and then the store started getting busier. And then he like pans to a TV and it's like 253 new cases today. And the oh. whole series hasn't talked about COVID at all. It gets really surreal. And it gets really surreal. And and she actually goes, and this is like a big spoiler if you're going to watch the show. But honestly, if you're going to watch the show, I would start with episode six because you would you'd see the heart that is in the show yeah. first. And then you could go and watch all the weird ones that kind of lead up to it. Gotcha. It That's is, a good sell. It's like... I, I couldn't believe, like, even while I was watching, I was going like, oh. That's interesting because you say it's produced by Nathan Fielder. Yes. You're describing this guy at first in a way that sounds like Nathan Fielder, who is a, a genius comedic performer um, and probably is capable of sincerity too, although there's not a lot of earnestness in in Nathan for you. It's pretty much just played for laughs. Sometimes there's a hero 
and sometimes they win but ultimately everyone looks kind of dumb for having been involved with this and you had a great time watching yes this is not quite that it's got a sweeter a, a sweetness to it yeah but it's also got like kind of a pointlessness sometimes too okay but he always tries to wrap it up in a pretty in a pretty rational way which which is how i would describe the the season ending like by the end of it you're like wow this guy took like he literally logs every single day of his life in a journal wow and like shots that he took like he he's constantly filming like he'll go to a restaurant with his friends and he's just like filming the dinner that must be frustrating for friends so he's got yeah so he's got so much video okay so it took him like i guess six years to compile the whole series interesting so he was just sitting on all this stuff and didn't know what to do with it i think kind of like i don't know if this was his original idea like i want to do a how-to series or if he like went to nathan fielder and said is it fielder or fielding fielder fielder yeah it's noel fielding yep so nathan fielder i think he went to him and was like hey i have all this ridiculous image like here's an experience of a, a guy that i met who's trying and this is the uncomfortable scene that i would urge everyone to fast forward through uh this guy who's trying to <laughs> reclaim his own foreskin like oh he, my god he he essentially is like I was circumcised against my will. So I've built this device to try to like bring it back. He like writes a song about it and he's actually using the device. Like he's like lying on his bed. Using to regrow this foreskin? Yes. Like to try to like stretch stuff out. Jesus. I Exactly. It's uncomfortable to even mention, it, let alone yeah. the video feel upset. that goes along with this. <laughs> so that's the kind of like, there are, are completely wholesome episodes, and all of a sudden you hit this episode, you're like, oh my God, what are we watching? It so is this, wrong. is this guy intentionally funny, or is he just awkward and it's funny? I think he's, I think he knows that he's got a good sense of humor He's about not him, playing a character. But he's not playing a character now. Okay, I'm into that. That sounds good. Yeah. It reminds me a little bit, I heard that uh, Maria Bakalova from Borat 2 has kind of been in contact with the babysitter. Okay. You remember, like, there was a whole thing in the babysitter where she, like, Maybe you didn't hear about it afterward, but like there's a a segment in that movie where this woman like really takes pity on her and really can see that she's being abused by her father. Okay, wait, what what movie is this again? Borat 2. Borat 2. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So and and a lot of people were concerned afterward that like this is like a really decent person. Like this is a good human who was very worried about this young girl. Right. And she kind of in the end just doesn't get off the hook. Like she just thinks that this this heinous thing is happening and so um it was reported afterward that sasha baron cohen had been in contact with her afterward and was oh, like, okay. like thanked, thanked her up. for her cooperation and apologized nice. for the the confusion or not the confusion but anyway for the charade and now apparently this actress who plays the daughter in borat 2 um has like gotten close with her like nice they, yeah they've is she to know british or american or no she's like she, i don't know what her nationality is but, but she's like eastern european yes oh wow yeah and she this is one of the great indicators of just what a crazy time we're living in and she might win an oscar for that role she <laughs> definitely might get nominated for it yeah. and what's the craziest part of it is she will deserve it because it's such a committed performance that's that true. Somehow evokes emotion, yeah. and it's hilarious, right? And she meets Sasha Baron Cohen on his level, right? Of extreme anticked, yeah, um, uh, wackiness, yeah, and it, yeah, it's, and improv. Yeah, you're right; it's kind of heartwarming too. Yeah. Um, I will say I was so 
curious as to when Oscars were actually going to be announced. I was like waiting for it any day. Like, is it next week? It's March 19th that they're uh, going to up make the nominations. Yes. Yeah. The, the, everything got bumped quite a while back. The ceremony's not until April. Uh, February 1st is when they're going to announce the Golden Globe nominations. Which, okay. As far as we know, Amy and Tina are still hosting that. Right. And I don't know if they've made any statements about like what the nature of the format of the show will be. Right. Uh, I know the Grammys have been pushed to March, which is not extremely far away, but they right. were supposed to be in a couple of weeks and now they're in March. Uh, the Academy motion picture arts and sciences, they've said that the award show will be in person. They're not going to try and do what the Emmys did. Right. Which you know, the Emmys kind of worked as far as I'm concerned. It was okay. Yeah. It wasn't bad. They definitely couldn't yeah. put people in a room at that time. They got the, they got the message across who won, who lost. I definitely know who won. Know. Yeah. yeah. Shit's Creek. It was Shit's Creek. <laughs> yeah. Every single time. Mm -hmm. Okay. So a couple of things I wrote down on the board. Um, it is only notable that, uh, the great Gatsby has internationally entered the public domain. Right. Um, and it is in the States in particular now because there was a little bit of chatter on Reddit this week. You may have seen. I did. About how some people, and I think it's probably an overstated headline, but some people are amused by the idea that now that it's available for the for adaptation or whatever, um, the Muppets could do a Muppets Great Gatsby, a, the Great Muppet Gatsby. I think it's very possible they could do that. You've read The Great Gatsby. I have, yeah. Uh, and seen the Leo. I, of course, and I've seen that, which was fine. It's okay. I kind of yeah. don't always get Baz Luhrmann movies. Right. Um, I'm a little, I, I got a little too preoccupied by this fantasy, and, and in part because I'm up at Christmas Carol is one of my all-time favorites, and right. I happen to think it's like one of the best versions of that story, and I'm very personally connected to that story. I love that. I love Christmas Carol. Mm -hmm. Muppet Treasure Island isn't bad either, and yeah. so they are kind of due for this version of performance the muppets considering they haven't had a lot of hits lately right not since the jason siegel movie no. the muppets really worked it's like 10 years ago yeah it was a long time ago and so maybe doing a classic is a good idea i am struck by the fact that everybody in the great gatsby is not a good person yeah there's a lot of debauchery and death in the great gatsby right it's really just gatsby that's the good guy gatsby's not a good guy he's nuts i think he I think the whole thing He's is like violent and angry and he ends up dead in a pool. I thought the whole takeaway of that movie was like, look how hard he worked to become like an American success. And look where it got him. That's the takeaway. Maybe, maybe that's the takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> and he did it all because he loved Daisy, right? That's, that's, and like the point of that is like, that's, that's not how love works. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I would. I, I have to rewatch or reread. Yeah. yeah, maybe you do. Or maybe, it's I, honestly, maybe I do too. But it's just like it just and, and and the Muppets have always found like whimsical ways to deal with the darkness of real stories. Like right. they could, I don't know, they could push Kermit the Frog in the pool or something, and he could swim right. away because he's a frog. Because he's never been able to swim, and finally he learned how to swim through some uh, moral lesson. I did draw a movie poster. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. We've it's, got Beaker as uh Well, no, that's that's uh, Professor Honeydew as the oh, as the billboard for the eye doctor. Right. Cuz he wears glasses. He's the only muppet I could think of wearing glasses. It's not a very good drawing. I'm not a good drawer, but I my I think it's pretty good. My Kermit Piggy and Fozzie are not terrible. The some people Gatsby. Some people are suggesting that Gonzo should play Gatsby, and I think that's just because he played Charles Dickens. I think I think that's what that's coming from. Okay. They they've decided that 
Gonzo can sustain being the lead character in a Muppet movie, and that's false. And you think it should be uh, Kermit? Yeah, it has to be Kermit for a couple of reasons. He's the lead. He's Kermit. Right. That's just a fact. <laughs> um, Nick Carraway can be played by a human, and I I think he should. The, the way Michael Caine, there's always like a, a designated movie star who's a human in a Muppet movie. Yeah. Uh, Billy Connolly, Tim Curry. I think even Jim Hawkins is played by a, a human actor. There's a lot of them in Muppet Treasure Island. So who do you think will be the, who, who would you nominate as as the human in this one? I thought about that. If, if we are going to meta reference the Baz Luhrmann Great Gatsby, yeah. it could be funny to get Tom Holland to play the American narrator because he is also Spider-Man. Right. As was Tobey Maguire. I think that'd be kind of funny. It has to be like a young person, right? It's got to be a young man. Yeah. It's not American. But, but Tobey Maguire wasn't in Great Gatsby, was he? he yeah, was he just... was in the Carraway. That's what I'm saying. Oh, right. It was Tobey and Leo. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, it was. Here's the other reason I think Kermit has to be Gatsby because if Gonzo is Gatsby, that means Camilla the chicken is Daisy. And that's not going to work. <laughs> It has to be a confusing message for children. It has to be Piggy because she's all about society and image and glamour. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. She's really the Muppet who fits the 20s the best. Why don't don't you start writing this? Why would I do that? (laughs) We can pitch it to Netflix like you suggested last week. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's someone else's idea. And by the way, I don't think it's a very good idea. But I do think it begs an interesting question, which is what classic can the Muppets do? Of Mice and Man. (laughs) Jesus. <laughs> You're so ready for that. Definitely. Too. Tell me about the rabbits, Fozzie. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, but you make a good point because they're all dark. All these classics are, they have a lot a of darkness. Dark. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you could do like a Grapes of Wrath, but. No, that would be interesting. <laughs> That'd be a bit too much. A big epic about, I don't know, just pile them all in the Winnebago and see what happens i think it'd be funny if the glory muppets, glory hallelujah i think the muppets should do uh basically like a version of um what was the uh what was the coen brothers netflix thing from last year uh oh buster um, scruggs ballad, of buster, ballad scruggs. of buster scruggs so they do like a muppet version of that where there are like six mini stories i like it that are based on you do like a quick of mice and men. <laughs> you do like a quick. Oh, wait, so you got a mice and men. We won't do Great Gatsby because that's apparently supposed to be a film ad- adaptation. Right. Although well, I not think, necessarily. It's I public domain. You, you can I, do whatever you want with it. I think you could work it into. Yeah. Because uh, I don't think you want to sit through a full Gatsby. I think you want the broad strokes. Quick, baby. Well, even F. Scott Fitzgerald was like, you don't want a long one, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what other like classic Okay, you got a little Stein back in there. You got a little Scott Fitzgerald in there. You might be able to do like a quick Moby Dick. (laughs) Is there a quick Moby Dick? A Moby Quick? (laughs) No, you you need Hemingway. You need like The Sun Also Rises or um, what are other? The Old Man of the Sea is not good. Isn't Grapes of Wrath? That's Steinbeck. That's Steinbeck? Okay. Um, A little Da Vinci Code in there. Just a quick quick Da Vinci Code. A little New Moon, Twilight New Moon. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what do you think the latest james patterson that's funny you know what they could do no a muppet star wars <laughs> well that would actually be kind of fun i mean a muppet they star have wars special they have it's called yoda that exists i suppose i thought you were gonna say like make like a robot chicken joke or something no but you kind of make a point like robot and family guy did it too right. Granted, that episode of Family Guy where they do the three Stephen Kings in like a 20-minute span, everyone yeah. likes that episode of Family Guy. 
I don't know if I've seen that one. Oh, it's good. It's they just do like a Family Guy version of the Shawshank Redemption, Misery, and Stand by Me. So not even scary Stephen King. Whoa. They just do all three in like little shorts, and it's great. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's what the Muppets should be doing with Buster Scruggs. Well, the Muppets did that uh, in a special that nobody remembers, but my brother and I called Muppet Classic Theater, which was more fairy tale based. Okay, and it's like it's like feature film length. But it's Gonzo and Rizzo again hosting this like night of many little plays featuring right. the other Muppets, and they do three little three little pigs, Rumple Stiltskin, the Emperor's new clothes, and okay. there might have been another one in there. Um, that's like a fun way to get like little short vignettes. Did I tell you about watching the Emperor's New Groove? Yes. Okay. You had never seen it. I'd never seen it, and then there's a whole documentary about how they did I go into the. Documentary? I don't. I don't know that I re- remember the documentary about. The there's Emperor's a documentary about how they basically scrapped it and. Because Sting, ha- <laughs> it wasn't because that Sting had so much control, but Sting ended up having a lot of control over the final cut of that movie. That's fun. Yeah. It's anyway. a good movie. It's a weird documentary too. I can't believe there's a documentary about that. It's like a YouTube thing. It's not super public, I don't think. So the Netflix show that is ending its four-year hiatus, I suspect you heard about this today. Oh, yes, I did. Yeah, Master of None coming back yeah. with Aziz. And Lena Waithe is coming back too. Yeah. Which kind of surprised me because she's gotten she's much got more successful. Stuff. Since since that show, so what, do we know? Do we, is there a timeline on it, or it's just they haven't even the, started yet? Right. It's going to film in London, right? Um, I guess because they had a lot of fun doing the last season in Rome or parts of it anyway. Yep. I haven't watched those episodes in a long time. I love them. They're going to need a refresher. Goes without saying, the uh, you know the whole Aziz situation happened in the interim. Yeah. Um, and I guess he went away for a, a time kind of in response to that he has had a stand-up special though since that yes happened. which i think everyone felt kind of awkward about lukewarm for sure yeah yeah i don't really feel that weird about aziz ansari personally but no. this the special was kind of it was un unremarkable right. if i remember and like i'm obviously i i, I love a lot of things he's been in mm-hmm. i love parks and rec and i have enjoyed a lot of his stand-up too yeah but not in a long time right but you loved Master of None. And I loved those two seasons of Master of None yeah. very, very much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. I think I might have put it on my like top three. It might have even been number one. Of what? Of those years that they were out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. maybe. Very possible. Mm-hmm. So the the Jeopardy hosting thing is a thing that we're, we've been talking about a lot. I'm sorry if it's boring. It just happens to be something I'm deeply invested no, in. No, no, I'm, I'm into it. We're going to keep talking about it because in the coming weeks, we're going to know more. Right. But let me backtrack. Do you know who Bean Dad is? No. Have you heard about this little scandal that's been kind of slowly rolling out? No. Is Bean Dad a character that uh, uh, Ken Jennings tweeted about in his past? Uh, oh, it yeah. actually is. Yes. yes. Oh, shit. Sort of, except he's not a character. He's real. So John Roderick, the musician, uh, tweeted out this very bizarre thread telling a story over the holidays about his daughter complaining that she was hungry. His daughter's like nine or younger. And he brought her a can opener and a can of beans. And she didn't know how to use the can opener. She's nine. It's forgivable. Sure. And rather than opening the can of beans or showing her how to use a can opener, he told her to study the can opener and get into the mindset of a person who would invent such a device and try and figure it out for herself. And subsequently, his daughter went hungry for six hours. And he told this story on Twitter. 
as if to be sharing with the world his new revolutionary parenting methods. <laughs> and everyone was like, you're a psycho, man. Right. She's a little girl and she's hungry. Yeah. Maybe feed your child. Right. Or get some food that's not beans. Also weird thing to give a kid like, okay, yeah. eat this can of beans. It was very, very bizarre. Uh-huh. And then Ken Jennings, who it turns out does a podcast with Bean Dad. <laughs> who is now known as Bean Dad. Bean Dad. Um tweeted out a defense of being dad basically saying i know him i've known him for years he's a good father it's a pretty innocent um defense something you probably would say about your friend who's kind of like getting a lot of shit okay in an isolated situation you can kind of be like all right relax everybody it's not a big deal right the thing is both of these men have checkered twitter histories which ken jennings was just the day before trying to get ahead of right having tweeted Listen, in my past, I've made some impolitic tweets, some jokes that didn't really land, and I didn't delete them because I wanted people to have a fair shot to kind of roast me, but then I thought I might delete them because, well, I didn't want it to look like I still stood by some of these things that I don't actually feel. He gave like a really vague, if kind of diplomatic apology Mm -hmm. for bad tweets from the past kind of under the guise of like, I might be on the verge of getting my dream job and I just want to get ahead of this. Right. And then he defended Bean Dad, (laughs) which should be fine, except- At Bean Dad, I got you, bro. (laughs) Yeah, except Bean Dad also has tweeted tons of racist and um, uh, uh, xenophobic things. (laughs) And homophobic things and anti-Semitic things. All kinds of horrible tweets. Does he still have a podcast with Bean Dad? Or is this like Well, a... this has all happened in the last few days. Like okay. maybe it's not pod time yet. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean like within the last three months, has he had a podcast with Bean oh, Dad? Oh yeah, they do the podcast again. It's like, a, okay. Yes. And Bean Dad has deleted his Twitter <laughs> okay. and issued a public apology. Right. And Ken Jennings is genuinely considered to be like not any longer the front runner for the Jeopardy job. No, it didn't seem like it from what I've seen. And- he might have been, but it is funny that people are trying to cancel Ken Jennings and fire him from a job that he doesn't have. Right. And like, it seems like he's not going to get that job. Because of his support of someone known as Bean Dad. Yeah, Bean Dad. Yeah. Who, by the way, was not called Bean Dad previous to a week ago. Oh, my God. So that happened. This is like, this would be mentioned in a 30 Rock episode. You're right. It like does Bean Dad like... would be casually dropped. <laughs> uh, side note, how funny is it that 30 Rock invented the term EGOT? Oh, it's that amazing. comes from 30 Rock. Yeah. In case there was any misconception. We stand That's by That's where it. that comes from. Um, and so today they announced that Katie Couric is going to do some Jeopardy temping. Right. And in fact, a whole week of shows, she's going to sub in on the show. Now, I don't know if you recall, but we have talked about potential hosts for Jeopardy in the past. And I have more than once said it will be a Katie Couric type. Yes. Yeah, you've specifically name-dropped Katie Carey. Yes, I've always thought for sure she is kind of a representative for um, impartiality and Mm -hmm. intellect. I think that they would give the job to a woman if they could, which is great. Um, And she doesn't have a broadcasting job right now. And it's not a time-consuming gig to host Jeopardy. It's not easy to do, but a trained broadcaster can probably do it well. She has a good personality as well. And it's like one day a week. Yeah, I actually think Katie Couric is perfect for the job. Um, and so maybe she wants it mm-hmm. or maybe it's just going to be a fun thing she does for a week. Right. I don't think you're giving Rosie O'Donnell enough credit. Interesting. <laughs> I'm just joking. Well, we hadn't discussed that before. I wouldn't 
be opposed to that. A lot of people would be though. I know. I yeah. that was totally a joke name that I threw out. But you're right. She she'd probably be able to pull it off. She's got a bit of a Kirk or Rosie. I meant Rosie, but yeah. but Kirk definitely can. Yeah. It's a no brainer. Yeah. The thing that's great about Alex is that it took us a well, I, I don't know, I shouldn't speak for 40 years ago, but like it seems like it takes you a long time to really realize how wonderful he is. He's yeah. very comfortable like letting the show be the star. And then over time, you're like, oh, I guess I love Alex Trebek. Right. Like He's really not trying to steal the show ever, yeah. which I think would be true of Katie Couric as well. Steve Kornacki is another one that they've, they've referenced. <laughs> I like what, it. What a quick rise to, to fame Kornacki's yeah. had. He's been on like Sunday night NFL football being like, okay, right now the probability of the Packers getting in, yeah. as long as that like, and and breaking down the percentages and using the map and everything, and it's been very entertaining. He just I love that guy. Stole everyone's heart during the election. Yeah, love that guy too. He's great. I think he's got too much energy for Jeopardy. He probably does. He probably does. And I don't know if he would be interested in it. He's kind of got his own thing. He's kind of in the prime of his career right now. Yeah. Like if his if his his thing is being a political statistical analyst. Yeah. Don't leave that job now. You're you just reached the height. Like yeah. I take you over John King, although I got a soft spot for John King as well. I think that John King like originally overshadowed Kornacki, but Kornacki yeah. is starting to come for that throne. I mean, I can't give either one of them shade because mm-hmm. like John King also was never not on my television Worked for his ass off. eight days in a row. It right. was stupendous. Yeah. It was remarkable. I saw him yesterday. Like they were doing the yeah, you know, separate from the whole capital situation. Like right. they're tallying uh, runoff numbers right and i got flashbacks because there's john king You're at like, the big john magic king, board again he is <laughs> it was nice get some sleep tonight john king reminded me of a simpler time yeah <laughs> six weeks ago when it was just an election being won when biden won the election that the timestamp for this uh for everyone should be that the Capitol was stormed last night by uh, a bunch of like trump slash q supporters Look, people aren't soon gonna forget when no, yeah, I know. Capital was, but you, still, how do you feel about that? Do we talk about that? You might listen to this like six months later and be like, "Oh wow, yeah, they did one the next night." Right. I mean, I don't know how much there is to say about it besides like, like. Here's my thing. I <laughs> it couldn't I, be worse. I, no, it couldn't be. I mean, no, I don't think so. I am starting to feel a new degree of cynicism over the whole Trump's reputation and legacy thing. Right. Because. Now there's all of this sincere talk about invoking the 25th Amendment or impeaching him again with 12 and a half days left in his presidency. And I don't know how long the paperwork takes for that shit. Right. Or if it's just ceremonious so that he then becomes the first ever two times impeached president. Um, But I don't believe that there's enough justice for him to ever face the consequences he deserves, if any at all. Like, I think the only... Uh, like true consequence to befall him at all is electoral defeat. And right. 74 million people refuse to accept that as fact. Right. To the point where like the, the purge happened yesterday. Well, I don't know if 74 million people refused. I, I think, I think the difference is there's a, a, a way smaller number that refuses to accept that as fact. Maybe. I don't think all Republicans think that it was stolen, but maybe. although maybe, maybe there is a large number of them that maybe, have, but. but think about how many tens of millions of people watch Fox news who yeah, do true. happily parrot the words of the president, no matter how false they might be. Mm-hmm. But I mean, credit where credit's due. I think even Fox news has been like, listen, yeah, there's, in the there's daytime. There's no basis for this. But, oh, in, in, the, in the daytime, but they still Fox let... Fox After Dark still gets let, a little wild. Yeah, absolutely. Really? Hannity, Hannity and Tucker Carlson. Right. And 
uh, Laura Ingram and Judge Janine. All those psychos are as nuts as ever. Okay. And they're the primetime shows. Right. So that's that's where the bulk of their viewership is coming from. So I don't really believe in any kind of consequences. So I'm just kind of sitting back going, yeah. And so if this is the worst day in the Trump presidency mm-hmm. or it's in the top five or the top 20, I don't know. Yeah. And I also don't care because for sure in a couple of months we'll be like, man, that was only a couple of months ago. Jeez. That right. feels like a decade ago. Totally. It, it's, um, it's staggering how the world moves on. And that, that's what he, he relies on. It's one of those things though, where you're like, you, you want to deal with him like, like a child where you go, don't pay any attention to him. Cause he loves the attention. So if everyone can just get together and right. like pretend like, you know, we're past it, not talk about him. Don't pay him any attention. But I feel like the news channels get so much traction out of it that oh, yeah. that's going to be a it's thing. It's been for a, a huge while. commercial boon for even it's the networks that, that critique him because it's um, it, it it's it's like drinking poison, but yeah. it's addictive the way like, you consume it. I do it. You you know you know that when Biden gets in. Uh, Trump's gonna go like the ratings for all these news channels have gone way down. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that, that's not what being president's about. If they stop talking about Trump, right. and that's the great ethical challenge that news media and like the executives of major social media companies really need to commit to. Right. Uh, Zuckerberg, who I strongly dislike, you know, they did commit to banning Trump from Facebook until he's no longer president. Yeah, which is kind of nice. And they need to do that at Twitter as well post his uh, presidency. Now, like Jack made some comments a couple years ago about how no matter how, you know, threatening or dangerous the president's tweets might be, they are the tweets of the president and the people need to see them. Right. And then more recently, they started flagging all of the false ones. They were like, okay, well, we didn't know he's going to go that fucking crazy. Right. And in 12 days, he's not going to be the president anymore. And after that, they need to ban him for life because they've banned other people for less. Yeah. And so... Any famous bans? I don't care. No. No. No, because if so, it would be like Ted Nugent or some shit and I wouldn't have any kind of space in my brain for that. Yeah. Um... Kim and Kanye, done. Boom. I mean, that's the other great tragedy of the week. Quick little hit. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a clip where uh, Kim Kardashian is talking about how they have a pool in their backyard and she loves the pool, but they actually don't have a jacuzzi. And, and Kanye turns and he goes, can you believe that? Can you believe we don't have a jacuzzi? <laughs> like he says it like in such a mocking way. Oh, is that the like point, he's like eh? staring in the camera like, oh my God, listen to what she's saying. Well, yeah. why doesn't she get a jacuzzi if she wants That's the one? thing. It's like, why? It's just, you're a billionaire. Yeah, you can have a jacuzzi. For sure you can. Get what you want. That's so bizarre. Anyways, I, it was basically like a meme that was going around that was saying, Kanye West did this to Kim Kardashian and it lives in my mind. <laughs> I don't I never watched their show and I don't I don't have any basis of reference for this but I just have a feeling that they were never married in a way that you and I would view marriage. Like I have a feeling they probably saw each other maybe once or twice a week. Oh my god. Like they probably and she's probably just like I'm bored of you. I don't even I'm not even friends with you. I said this to Jen last night. I'm like, "So it was like a sham marriage, right? Or was it like set like a a hookup that yeah. turned into like a maybe let's get as much mileage out of this as we can?" And yeah. Like honestly, like like the fact that Kim stayed around so long is a testament to Oh, she's definitely the 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 more strategic and stable of the two of them. Yeah. yeah no, like 
disrespect to Kanye's talent, but like he's very troubling to listen to. Yeah, of um, course. Un, un, untethered, which right. which he chooses to be. She was like, I'm only going to stay with him if he wins the presidency. And then one yeah. day, was like, ah. And she's probably worried about her kids too. She's probably like, yeah. I got to have some kind of like uh, regulation on all this. Yeah. I also always remembered years ago, I think they were kind of new. I'm not sure they had any kids at this time, but like he was arguing, you know how Kanye is always like obsessed with like cultural figureheads, like, mm -hmm. like big institutional people who represent like, like he'll be like the Vanderbilts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Or like Steve jobs. He's obsessed with Steve jobs. Right. I remember him saying that Kim Kardashian was uh Marilyn Monroe. I remember, I always remember that. Like, like, I think I think he was maybe defending some Taylor Swift stuff, and he's like, they say that Taylor Swift is the Marilyn Monroe of her time. No, Kim is the Marilyn Monroe, and that's a weird comparison because neither one of them are. But like, mm -hmm. although maybe Kim Kardashian is, I don't really know. Um, it's just always been interesting to me that he is about the strategy of the image, right? Because he's always been about an image. Yeah, yeah, he's thinking about it. Yeah, he's not a dumb guy. No, I don't think he's so at all. That. No, but a troubled guy. Caillou got canceled. That's the other great tragedy. I saw that. Yeah. I saw that. I don't think I've ever met a parent who's been like, yeah, I'm cool with my kids watching Caillou. No, nobody likes Caillou. I'm amazed that it was still on. Like, I th to hear that it's canceled surprises me in that, oh, they've been making, they were making Caillou for the last new, 15 years. New episodes? Yeah. How long was the show running? Is this like the new Simpsons? It's like 25 years. I guess. I'm pretty sure the first guy who played Caillou died years ago. Really? Yeah. Wait, he's a kid? I don't think so. I think it was an adult. Never mind. It doesn't matter to me. I'm pretty sure Caillou was voiced by a male actor at one point who is no longer alive, but we don't need to fact check it. I don't care that much. We've That's already true. talked about it more than I wanted to. You're right. Uh, the most pirated show of 2020. You were you were curious about this one. Oh, my God. Google, uh, mind your own business, man. Hey, Google, shut the hell up. Take a break. Really took uh, a I think, there. I feel kind of bad now. Can you guess what the most pirated show of the year was? Yeah, it was Mando. It was Mando, which is not surprising, right? Because Mando is, is speaking of um, cultural figureheads and like everybody having a role, it's mm -hmm. kind of become the Game of Thrones of our of our time, right? That's right. Uh, definitely has tons of viewership. I don't know how it stacks up <laughs> well, against I think, HBO. I but... think Game of Thrones was maybe the Game of Thrones of our time. No, <laughs> it was yesteryear. <laughs> Those days are long and past. Mandalorian is the Game of Thrones of our time. <laughs> well, it's more of our time than Game of Thrones. I will, in the sense that like, is our time current time? Isn't it? Where are you living? I think like... Excuse me, when are you living? I always thought... <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> and I always thought that our time was like, uh, you know, when we look back on our life, what was our time? Right. But like, oh. I don't know, a decade uh, in, in like the early 2000s was... Google, what are the brackets of our time? Our time <laughs> There's is... a question that she's, he's going to come up with a quick answer for. <laughs> Could not find our time on YouTube. Um, I don't know. I, no, our uh, our time is current time. Our time is right now. This is we're living in it now, baby. I don't know about no that. time like the present. I, I I'm gonna agree to disagree. Your on that. life is currently. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that. Not the long ago times of Game of Thrones <laughs> of yesteryear. Right yeah. before they had jetpacks and Grogu's. That's right. How many Grogu's? They had dragons. Ah, uh, they were. They probably could have had a Grogu on there. It could have been. He's They're, older than he looks. Right next to the Starbucks cup was a Grogu. <laughs> <laughs> Left in the scene. There was a the similar picture. There was a similar situation on The Mandalorian this year. It, a lot of people referenced the Game of Thrones Starbucks cup because there's a guy who could be seen very briefly in a freeze frame uh, wearing a t-shirt in like the background of a Mandalorian shot. Oh, so really? A member slipped in. Yeah, he's not there anymore. He's been scrubbed. Oh, gotcha. 
I heard actually Horatio Sanz reference that in a comedy bang bang episode, but I thought he was joking. Oh yeah. Cause no, they're talking about Mando season two and him being yeah. in it. He was in season one too. He was in the pilot episode of the yeah. Mandalorian. I don't yeah. like his character very much. No, no, he's not a super likable character, but no, he's also unrecognizable. Like even he vocally, is. I would never have known that was Horatio no. Sanz. No, it's true. Yeah. Um, so we're excited for Mando season three, the have Game you, of Thrones of our time. Yeah, it definitely is. And you know what the Game of Thrones of the future is? Mando season three, which happens, <laughs> <laughs> which happens in 2022, according to my Star Wars expert brother. Okay, so so it's not going to be Christmas next year. That's going to be no. Book of Boba Fett. There will be some overlap, maybe. I don't think so. I think Book of Boba Fett is likely s- to be like a tight little four episode miniseries. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And WandaVision starts next week. Which I'm psyched about, man. It looks yeah, pretty cool. Totally. Yeah. I like the I like the weirdness of it. It definitely looks like it's yeah, it's gonna and this is maybe what we need from the Marvel Cinematic Universe is an opportunity for them to stretch their legs and be a little more creative. Because as mm-hmm. good as most of those movies are, or passable as most of those movies are, they're like brutally formulaic. And in like a ten hour medium, this is an opportunity to like really do something funky. Are we supposed to like get where this is starting from like did those two characters or when right are we supposed to know or are those two characters like in like are they together in any fashion in any of the other movies are yeah, they are they, been, their love interests yeah they've been okay. in love for a, for a little while right. you know that vision is um is the voiceover person from the iron man suit yes right and and scarlet witch she's cool too she's she's in my opinion too powerful for the avengers she has too many powers yeah she's just gonna do anything tone it down scarlet yeah. witch but i like i like the format is, uh, to the extent that i understand it which is just that it's a sitcom set over all these different classic eras of sitcoms right and are they supposed to have did they die originally in endgame not endgame no but they, infinity war they maybe? died in infinity war right. yeah but it's not a spoiler that they get dusted in right. infinity war i got a letterbox account tonight Yes. Speaking of that, friend me on Letterbox. I will. I was looking for you. Okay. Uh, are you just like at DJ Colin Sweets kind I of? I think thing? so. Yeah. Okay. I think that's or, or just I'm Colin s- Sweets. I'm not even sure really how to find other people. I just put your name in the search box. I don't follow anybody. No. No. Okay. I I just want one friend. But it's have you started like checking off the movies you've seen before? Because it's really like gratifying to check that many boxes. I went through the popular section and I was checking and giving stars too. Do you do that? I've I've star rated everything. I haven't written any reviews. No, me neither. But uh, but it's almost a little. But I will say, Infinity War, I gave two and a half stars. Interesting. That's hard. Yeah, that's 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 a fifty. Endgame, I gave four. I definitely gave it four. I might have given it four and a half. I think Endgame's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And game's really good. Um, some of my five stars, I think, were like Matrix, Kill Bill Volume 1. Even like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I give three and a half. Okay. Like, you know, I'm trying to be somewhat real. I'm like, okay, wait a second. How is this really like my, could I put it as one of my favorite movies? Baby Driver, for instance, I put it as like four and a half because I love that movie. See, now I'm so curious. I'm just going to like vamp a little bit while I pull up my letterbox account. Sure. And, because I really want to know which ones I gave five stars to. I think I was pretty sparing with the five star reviews, yeah. like, like you're saying. Um, and uh, like I started by looking up ones that I was like, I would give these movies five stars. It is so nerdy, and I also encourage you, like, sometime like you watch a movie, mm-hmm. look up the the written reviews people have on Letterbox. Because some people take their Letterbox account like insanely seriously, right? And there are people who don't know anything about movies other than that they like it or don't like it. Right. Which those are good enough credentials to be a movie fan. Sure. But not a film scholar. No. And people really think that they're film scholars. Right. So let me pull up my uh, 
my five sort by she wasn't acting quite enough sort by highest first so my five star movies include holes holes my okay. favorite book of all time so i Great. i had to give it to the movie which is a, a really uh, generous adaptation uh sing street which i've said how many times is perfect i still haven't watched it when harry met sally okay. the richard curtis movie about time i think is perfect uh no surprise the princess bride i think is perfect mm -hmm. toy story 3 i gave five stars okay titanic toy story one um back to the future one i've said many times is perfect the yeah. shawshank redemption uh star wars a new hope uh the social network i gave the dark knight i gave the social network five stars too the dark knight dark knight i gave four and a half okay that's good that's reasonable yeah yeah i could definitely be persuaded off that it's perfect but i think it's pretty darn close i think uh, yeah i think you could persuade me a lot of ways with some of the ratings that i gave but and, keep going and the grand budapest hotel is my only other five star oh interesting i see i only give that one three stars wow not my favorite wes anderson why what's the matter with you i don't know i just like was not as into it as like uh royal tenenbaums or life aquatic yeah those just, have always been your two yeah i like royal tenenbaums a lot for the creativity of it for sure i, I kind of don't care about life aquatic i never did and now i don't know if it would if i would be as as pleased by it on a rewatch it was one of those movies that i've only watched once darjeeling limited didn't hit for me no me neither not uh fantastic mr fox is very good uh, Moonrise Kingdom is lovely. Yes, I like Moonrise Moonrise Kingdom a lot. I would actually put that up with like one of my one of my more liked West West. Did you ever see like Bottle Rocket or Rushmore? I, I did see Bottle Rocket. I forget Rushmore, but I think I rewatched it like within the last ten years. I have seen Rushmore. I don't think I ever did see Bottle Rocket. Bottle Rocket, it's not bad, but it's it doesn't seem like a Wes Anderson movie at all. No, well, it was just he and Owen Wilson like not being famous or successful at all, trying to make a movie that would actually get made. Right. Before they had the clout to actually stylize. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't I sound like a letterbox comment? That's that's right. You clearly <laughs> got a high degree on letterbox. So this movie is coming out called Locked Down. The trailer came out this week. Ah, right. It stars Anne Hathaway and Chiwetel Ejiofor. Okay. And when I tell you that I groaned loudly when I saw this trailer and learned what it was about... Oh my God. So like it is openly set in the COVID-19 pandemic right. and it is about a quarreling couple forced to spend time together in quarantine who decide to enact a jewel heist. And that is the stupidest premise I've ever heard. I don't want this movie. And you've seen the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. And it looked bad. I don't even know. I don't even care because I don't want it to be good. I right. so resent it existing. Right. And I wrote a short story already about somebody in a pandemic who resorts to stealing a large... <laughs> yeah. So that's, I feel both ripped off why, yeah, and is, like it's a bad idea. This is you off. Suddenly I'm like, my story sucks. That's a stupid <laughs> idea. I see someone else do it and I'm like, ah, shit. Uh, maybe, it, yeah. Um, I I know. I, I know that there's going to be something that we all end up liking unequivocally that takes place during lockdown sure like there's going to be content that comes out but so far everything has just seemed so um exploitative yes and uh like that that like down with 2020 i started watching it oh a little yeah bit. it's just like oh my god it's a black mirror production yeah like charlie booker you're or brooker yeah booker you're involved in this why and like a lot of famous people are in it too like hugh grant's in it and lisa Sam kudrow yeah Miliotti. yeah it's just like it's unnecessary. I, I mean, I think you can make good things about crazy times. We've seen it happen often. But when it's something that everybody feels intimately connected with, you can't just do it flippantly. 
Like right. a good example is that like there have been lots of uh, theatrical attempts at like uh, iterating the Bush administration, right? Because right. it was such a crazy time then. Yeah. And until Vice, which was two years ago, no one could do it effectively. Right. Right. Um, there still has not been like a definitive 9-11 fixture because it still feels too soon. Right. And there's been lots of talk about like the Trump administration, like whether or not that's uh, dramaturgically possible, mm -hmm. you know, and right now it doesn't feel like it is. It also just feels like too big of a, in depth. like you'd have to make like a 20 hour movie just to cover the basics. Yeah. And so will that be true of, of COVID as well? No, it's a pretty linear story. It's also mm -hmm. pretty boring. Like there's no great hero of COVID. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Will there be a hero of COVID at the end? I mean, frontline workers, thank you. Thank you right. for what you're doing. Yeah. But like, it's not a good story. And so you have to fictionalize it with Anne Hathaway, mm -hmm. who hasn't had a good movie in a long time. And I'm a bit of a uh, Hathaway apologist. Yes, you are. But she hasn't impressed me a lot lately. No. Not since The Intern with Robert De Niro. That was an impressive movie. It was a lovely movie. A little Adam Devine pop up in there. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. So I'll watch the lockdown trailer, but I'm not looking forward to it. No. Yeah. You're not missing anything. It's not that good. Do you want to talk about shows? Let's do it. Are we doing okay tonight? I think so. All right. We're at uh, 934. I'm going to go first and I've taken the liberty of, of kind of scripting my, my recap because one of my New Year's resolutions is to be uh, at least as good as I used to be at recaps because I think I've kind of lost something. Something died. Oh. And my recaps have gotten very... Uh, Maybe Sparse I'm rubbing off too much on you. Maybe that's what it my is. You're, you're a bad influence. So I'm going to recap uh, the first episode of The Wilds because it's fresher in my memory and I understood it better. Oh, God. Sorry, bud. <laughs> you're really screwing me in Well, this happened how many times to me in the other direction? I never. Get, I, I, it yeah. has not ever happened. Never once. You're never. always prepared. Okay, let me recap. Put me on the clock for 30 seconds. I'll recap The Wilds on, uh, on Amazon Prime. Recapping The Wilds on Amazon Prime in three, two, one. Leah is being questioned by uh, trauma specialists or detectives or something after, uh, I guess, what was a rescue from the island where she was stranded along with like seven or eight other young women uh, following a, a traumatic plane crash. On the island, they're all from like different walks of life, a la every plane crash stranded on a desert island story. Nobody really gets along, but they're forced to kind of unite over the fact that one girl has a working cell phone, except it dies before they're able to use it. And then another girl dies from death and they bury her. And uh, also Leah is flashing back quite often to, I'm out of time, to oh. her uh, recent affair with a famous author who dumps her after learning that she lied about her age and she's only 17. Yeah, man. And she's like quite messed up over her obsession over this uh, this winner of the National Book Award. Right. Yeah. Who's, who, by the way, whose introduction to his book in his, his recitation at the little book launch is uh, Kaylee, the only thing Kaylee wanted was for something to happen to her, which is some John Green shit. <laughs> and that's not National Book Award stuff. Right. Um, I, uh, first of all, I found that part quite quite compelling weird oh. no quite troubling yeah that like this this 30 something year old author was meeting a a, a fan who was about to turn 18 even if she was, was 18. so okay with it once she was 18 even if she was 18 she's like just eight she looks at her age learn so yeah learns she's 17 and he that's when he has the freak out he's like oh my god you gotta like you get like you lied to me and not to like, sound like I have a strategy on. for such a situation, yeah. <laughs> but like if you're planning to dump the girl you just learned was 17, don't covertly meet her outside her house. 
Right. And say like, get out of my car. Probably like send her an email. So it's written somewhere that once you learned what was happening, you did the right thing. Right. Right. Like, I mean, sure. maybe you don't want to like put a paper trail on this crime. You want it to go away. But like, uh, other than the fact that he's like a huge creep, mm-hmm. I guess he it's it's very good that he's like, don't ever contact me. Get away from me. We're done. Well, there was a point where I thought to myself, is the is the guy real and is the island real? Are they both kind of figments? where? When have we thought this before? Exactly. Hmm. So it almost seems like the stranded on a desert island trope has been done way too many times. I will say better than the island. <laughs> it's better. Than I, the I was going to message my sister. <laughs> I did think like, about I think the island. I think they're doing it a little bit. Anyways, I do find it interesting. It, do you? I don't find it complete shit. I think it's one of the most complete shit shows we've ever talked about. Oh wow! I think it's. I think it's I, I Slaney when <laughs> take me through it. Okay. I was able to suspend disbelief. You know, you know, enough. you told the story about how you were cringing over the guy who was trying to stretch his foreskin. <laughs> I sure do. I felt similarly when they sang a mournful dirge of raise your glass by pink yeah. at the girl's funeral. I th- I thought that I couldn't believe it wasn't satire right. in that moment. <laughs> I was like <laughs> <laughs> funny song to choose it's an yeah. appalling song to yeah. choose all because this girl who was like rescued from the water before dying mm-hmm. um and her phone was working and her ringtone was raise your glass by pink and she says at one point that she really loves pink pink's kind of like an enigma um well leah likes pink and then this right. other gal has it for her ringtone right and so and she that's... also likes pink okay yeah, no, they talk about that earlier on right. the episode. Yeah. In any case, yes. Call still, me, still call ridiculous. me up if you a gangsta. Yeah. It's, they just sing this like... What's the dealio? Singing what's the dealio? What's the dealio? <laughs> Around a corpse seems a little strange. It's so weird. Yeah. And all the characters are such archetypes. Like the the, vir- right. the virginal uh, pageant gal. Yeah. And I don't the, know why I was okay with it, but I kind of was. I to the extent that I will, I'm like, if someone said, if Jen said, let's watch the next episode, I would. Yeah, I I actually would. It, I don't know. It's not like top of the list for me or anything. Another really cringy moment is mm-hmm. in her like I don't know if it's a deposition or if she's just being like, what what is she? She's telling the story. Yeah. To these two. Are they trauma experts or like... Well, one is and one seems to be like... It's so very clearly at the beginning of of the show. Like, now he just wants the facts. Right. But I'm here for you. And here's a Can I get you an ice cold drink? (laughs) And they seem to really be analyzing like what drink she ends up taking. That's true. They really like pathologize which of the three drinks she chooses. And then she's like, I used to like this when I was a kid. He's like, don't be afraid to ask for more. Right. (laughs) We're going to get some good takeaways from this. So this is how the show is set up. Um, She says, and I quote, being a teenage girl in normalized America, that was the real living hell. Like basically saying that like being stranded on an island is nothing. This is where the real trauma lies. And that as a thesis for a TV show is corny, but fine. I'm willing to get on board with that. It's when she says being a teenage girl in normalized America, space turns to break the fourth wall. And looks into your soul and says, that was the real living hell. And then we cut to credits. That's horseshit. It's so dumb. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it definitely is. I'm not I'm not saying that this is a smart show. Nope. But I'm kind of interested in where it goes. I want to nitpick some more stuff. You go for it, man. Um, all we, of the cell phone stuff. 
We don't know where they are, but maybe somewhere near Japan. And at one point, they do get a bar. And so they're able to call. Right. And they go around the group and they're like, don't call 911 You're right. because the same emergency number doesn't work everywhere. Instead, call the one number you remember. And the right. only number, the only number Leah knows by heart is the author she banged at 17 years old. <laughs> right. She From would like never. A couple weeks ago. And I, when she calls him, she can't get the word. Like, how do you not say, hey, I'm stranded on a desert island. Yes. First of all, can you try to like track this number? It's actually important. It's a Rather horrific. than going. Glenn yeah. <laughs> whatever it's name. a horrific writing trope say yeah. what you need to say yeah talk over him and then the phone dies yeah and he's yeah so she only has enough time to hear like D- don't call me anymore this was all like a huge mistake how is it that it she crushes her like I don't know Becky's phone number it's just not a no. time where you know people's phone numbers I guarantee 17 year olds don't so why does she know this author she bangs phone number well they do when she doesn't know her parents home phone number they make such a meal out of out of that at the beginning though they do so they say you don't like to someone that you really like you don't just put them in your phone right away right you like which was a ridiculous thing you don't that, put them in your phone as their real name yeah you you like let that number like like sort through your mind until you like can see every day. It's like, but what, this who is, does this? But this is adult writers trying to write from the perspective of somebody who they are not and never were. Mm. And so you hear that when like one of her friends in high school earlier in the episode, he's using terms like low key and yeah. I don't think he says on fleek, but it's like something anachronistic. Like it was just all over the map with his verbal um, time stamps. Right. And in that way, I thought the writing was really bad. Although uh, a line I really did like was from the kind of like cranky girl on the island uh, regarding her cargo pants. She says, yeah, I'm not a lesbian. Sorry to disappoint. I just like storage. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of thought that was a good line. I I think she kind of like came around. Like she really reminded me of like the Melissa McCarthy of the group. Okay. A little bit. Like in Bridesmaids? A little bit. But Melissa McCarthy and Bridesmaids is so hopeful and and loving towards everyone else yes that's I the know. basis of her character but but also kind of like not really giving a shit about except for when she literally gives a shit in the sink that's right that except happens. for that you don't have to prove me wrong on every point just let me have this one <laughs> I'm sorry i don't mean to be so combative <laughs> i just really hated it yeah i i understand it i i understand the hate towards it here's my other phone nitpick okay they're asleep they have a chance with two phones, by the way. They have another phone. Well, the other one is and, buried and along the with... The dead girl had a phone all along. Per- pernicious or whatever her name is. And she has like a satellite phone, no less. Well, and Leah hears it ringing from like 3,000 miles away. Right. And then she gets up quietly in the night, digs up the door of the Explorer looking girl. Yeah. And then the phone dies. And also... I would call the number that was just calling her because you're guaranteed an answer. Yes. Well, but you'd have to, by the way. She can't call author guy because she doesn't have the passcode for this phone. You can only call emergency numbers. Right. Or you, I guess you can probably dial back. But this was a phone like no other. Was it? I didn't get that. It there was also like, a satellite like phone a satellite in Lost. Phone. The only other place okay. I've seen a satellite phone was in Lost. Right. Yeah. So... Um, I don't give it my S. So, but wait, we didn't even talk about the biggest reveal of all, which was which was at the end of the show. You learn that that there, this was all like a plan. Oh, that's true. Well, was it all a plan? Like, obviously, they're being surveilled. 
Yeah, they're being surveilled. Like I think this was supposed to be like the retreat, like, like the they Truman were all, Show. A little bit. I, I think I well, the Truman Show was more like I think for people's entertainment. I think this was supposed to be for the girls' like personal growth. Right. Um. Are you hearing music? Yeah, Rocky like a hurricane. Can I just say that I've heard like faint music i have to throughout this i it's, just wasn't sure where i can't i can't describe it it won't turn up in the final cut of the podcast oh okay <clears throat> i i don't know if it's just some kind of like strange frequency reception that my gear is capable of is it always scorpions playing in the background no i, I it's obviously an fm frequency i i don't know what it is maybe it's q104 it could be q but um it it shouldn't be hearable by anybody listening to the podcast okay I'm sorry if it's distracting yeah if you guys are hearing rocky like a hurricane it's just because please, that's our pump up. Yeah, music. please. Uh, hopefully, uh, scorpions don't sue us for using this their is the music. The bed we use. <laughs> <laughs> it's so for soft. Two, it's not. It's not distracting you, is it? Not in the least. No, okay. I just really had to listen hard to hear anything at all. It there. is what that is. <laughs> it's amazing. So, what does that mean? What to? Because you're right. There's like a reveal at the end where like some secret agent lady walks into a room with all these cameras, and this, and is, like, this is how they know that gal died. Her they've phone's got, like, blowing up. Aerial footage of them burying this other girl. Yeah. And, and the video, it harkens back to the video of them like, raise your glass if you are wrong. Like they're showing that video. I can't think of a song that would be funnier for them to sing at a girl's funeral on a beach. Right. Maybe I, Rock You Like a Hurricane. <laughs> I guess. I think that would be equally funny. Yeah. I don't think it would be funnier. Equally as ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Like like you said, what's the dealio? Right. That can't be beaten. Yeah, in a sung a as a song dirge. eulogy. Yeah, a somber song because right. they think she liked it. Right. It reminded me of a little. This is going to be a strange Canadian reference. Okay. Um, but it reminded me of a of a children's novel series from like 20, 25 years ago by a Canadian writer named Gordon Corman. Okay. Who had a whole series of tiny books for kids, like learning to like chapter books. <clears throat> uh. That follows an exactly the same uh, like Lord of the Flies type format of mm -hmm. like kids in kids losing their innocence while having to battle nature. Right. While being either stranded on Mount Everest or on an island. And like they're kind of dark for kids, but they really don't get too risky. Sure. Um, and it felt exactly like that to me. Right down to being childish and vapid. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with that. Yeah, am I being, being too hard on this show? No, I don't think so. I, like there were there were parts where I was like, "Is this a really bad show?" And I think I think it I think it probably is, but but the entertainment value is still there for me. Okay, yeah. I mean, I think the acting is okay. The acting was definitely fine. Leah's not a good, not a bad actor. She's no. fine. No. Um, she's especially good, like in the like talking to the detectives or whatever. I thought that was kind of good. Mm -hmm. My other question for you is: Is the desert island trope still sustainable like doesn't the technology exist that like for sure we would know i mean i know there was the malaysian airline that went down like a number of years ago and they never found that plane but like it probably went under the water like if right if a plane landed near land if mm -hmm. it crashed near land even if phones didn't work anymore or the batteries died like for sure we could know where like the texts were coming from Totally. And where well and i was saying <clears throat> i was saying this seems like a massive island it's kind of best case scenario like that they have this island. There's definitely plenty of resources on it. You can easily survive. Yes. Maybe that's why they planted this whole 
the girls on this island in the first place. Also, if you only have one percent battery and you do have one bar and you're on an island, do you make a fall or do you make a call or do you send a text? Yeah, good point. Text is evergreen. I think so. Oh, well, is it traceable though? Is it like trackable? Mm, yeah. Why not? And does it take longer to send? Oh, that'd be frustrating if the little deliverer won't appear. <laughs> just like, uh, come on, bar. What's worse bar. is if scene appears and then you just get nothing. Oh, they left me on red. <laughs> <laughs> do you give it your S? You do. Uh, yeah, I do. I do. Shit, I do. Man. Maybe I just have terrible taste. Well, man, I don't know. Like compared to Bridgerton. Yeah. Which, I'm, spoiler alert, I don't give it my S. Me neither. Okay. No. Well, we might as well get into it with that. Tough, tough start sneak, to the new year, honestly. Sneak preview. Yeah. This is like the storming the capital of show combinations. That's right. Okay. We're going to we're gonna put you on the clock here to recap the pilot episode of Bridgerton, which I'll warn you, a lot of people like. A, a ton of people like it. Well, it's a Shonda Rhimes show. I guess. Mm-hmm. Recap that in three, two, one, go. Uh, Bridgertons are a family uh, of somewhat uh, royal acclaim uh, living in England. This youngest one or like the, the middle one is, is very attractive and the queen says she's like phenomenal or whatever and people are vying for her attention and she ends up not uh, uh, super popular in the end because of this other girl who actually might be pregnant. Uh, they end up, she ends up hooking up or like playing an act to to uh, be in a relationship with this kind of, um, my time's up, but kind of this like playboy millionaire guy who also doesn't want a relationship. And there's no way that they're going to end up falling in love, right? No. Yeah. They're doing like a can't buy me love kind of situation where they're pretending to be a couple. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, Which honestly like that, maybe that was the part of the show where I was like, okay, maybe I'm getting more into it. Like I asked Jen and I was like, Cause we like, we were like, how is there still 17 minutes left in this show? What the hell? Yep. And then, uh, once it got to the end, Jen was kind of like, I think she really likes the guy, which might be part of it too. He's very handsome. She's like, this man is so attractive and yep. I've never seen him in my life. Yeah. He's ridiculously and, handsome. And, uh, and so by the end of it, I was like, what'd you think of that? And she was like, I started not to mind it so much toward the end. Yeah. So, well, yeah, you're right. If, 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 <sighs> If the rest of it is going to be these two people pretending to be a couple. Right. Like maybe that's kind of interesting. And slowly but falling in love. They introduced so many people in oh, the first episode way of this too much. that I couldn't keep track of it. The show visually is an absolute assault. Right. It is just like whoever designed this show, whether intentionally or not, had no stylistic taste at all. It's just you know, notice how the show doesn't have a color palette. It's just like a puke of of distracting things. <laughs> Gonna be honest, didn't look that deeply into it. wasn't wasn't thinking that hard about. But Bridgerton. didn't you find it to be like aggressive to look at? Like all the outfits are are just too much. Even if that's like historically accurate, which mm. it's not. Um, they should find a way to balance this so that certain things and people pop, and it actually looks. Visually, I suppose so. And you're saying that it was just everyone was over the top. Everyone and everything every, was just like, like the, they're every, it's super And then the light bright. scene where all the lights come on, and that must have really driven you crazy. I just, yeah, I thought it was like completely overwhelming this, mm-hmm. of the senses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think of the, yeah, I guess <clears throat> we're on the same page for story too. Kind of ridiculous. I just didn't, I wasn't following it. I didn't, I didn't know who any of the people were. And so right. like slowly, I guess I start to get that this gal is the, protagonist and she like doesn't necessarily want to get married but really she just wants to fall in love she's, she's, this she's the john david washington 
sure. The protagonist. Oh, she's the protagonist. Yeah. Yes. Do you watch that, by the way? No, I still haven't yet. Because it's I'm rentable. We're, we're now just at the point that it's rentable. Which That's, I, I think you said it was like January 5th it becomes rentable. I think you can probably rent it for this weekend. Yeah. Okay. I'm waiting another week to see Promising Young, young Woman for the same reason. This is right, new, right. Uh, that one looks cool. Carrie Mulligan movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it looks kind of cool. Um, so I didn't really follow it. Uh, I, I guess I, I was on the same page as this she doesn't want to marry this like kind of 50 year old guy who yeah. clearly wants to marry. And by the way, she's the actress is 25. She mm-hmm. looks every bit of 14. Yeah. Oh, she's, <clears throat> she's actually 25. Yeah. They really like, like young her up. The show is here. I've got, I've got two comparisons. Okay. At fr- I went into the show thinking this is the crown for people who think Emily in Paris is good. Okay. That's kind of true. Okay. More accurately having seen it, I think it's a cross between Downton Abbey and Gossip Girl. Yeah. Because it's about... There's the, definitely some Gossip Girl. It's about that. the aristocracy. Yeah. And Julie Andrews is like the voiceover, like right. like gossip bitch of the town yeah. who writes this newsletter. It's like, dear readers, you'll never believe who was yeah. at the bowl. <laughs> it's based on a novel series. And I guess that character is... That's their way of like imbuing the narrative style into the show. Right. Um, and I like Julie Andrews a lot, but... I don't yeah. care. Yeah, legit. Yeah, uh, I think that's a good call on the the Gossip Girl slash uh, slash Down Abbey. Did you notice any of the music? Yes, I did. Music is kind of funny. Uh, I like that. I think it's a Vitamin String Quartet. Okay, they do a lot of uh, that. You can actually. I went through a phase where I was just listening to Vitamin String Quartet, classical pop covers. That's their thing. That's right. So, like, <clears throat> I think it it's in Staten Island. Like, they have a scar tissue. Okay, uh, King of Staten Island. King of Staten Island, yeah. So I which, heard, which I heard, we rewatch. I heard "Thank You Next." Yeah, and I heard "Girls Like You." Yeah. yeah. Was there any others? I don't think so. Because I was like, Jen was what? asking too, and I was like, No, this is just like a. Once like, I realized it jolly. was it was happening, especially in the second time, I was right. like, Huh. Yeah. But I couldn't really pin any more down. The only problem with it, as cool as it was, mm-hmm. is it's very distracting, and then I'm not listening to the You're, dialogue at all. I know, but that was like the one moment of forgiveness for me where I was like, okay, it's at least trying to be like sort of relevant. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. But but it's really, you know, whatever. Can you explain to me the situation with the other girl who is evidently pregnant? So, yeah. So. I was having trouble following that too. They, She's like the cousin of. They determine that she's pregnant. Because she hasn't bled. They're yes, like inspecting so her. Ever since she showed up. Over a month ago, they've been checking her sheets to see if there's blood in her sheets. And when there's not, they know for sure, beyond the shadow of a doubt, she must be Let's pregnant. Coming hot with an accusation. Yeah. And, and they're right. I think. And they're right. Yeah. She just like breaks down. She's like, you don't get it. Yeah. No, we get it. Yeah. You're, no, pregnant. you're pregnant. Yeah. You're pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> we get it now that you've kind of admitted. Broke to, down crying. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I hated this. Oh, you know what? I, here's another nitpick. I was very nitpicky this week. Sure. There's a strong Pomeranian presence in this. Okay. And I don't know anything about dogs, but I just had a hunch and I was right that this show dogs is- Dogs weren't around. Yeah, there was no Pomeranians for another 79 years. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. 79 years before the time of Pomeranians. Right. And they're just peppered throughout this. Well, they're just trying to create the same aesthetic as like the queen having corgis around sure. her at all times. Yeah. Right. Um. So do you give it your ass? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Bridgerton. No, I hated it. And I 
have a hard time respecting people who like it. Oh. <laughs> no, that's mean. You can bum, like bum, bad bum. things. You can like bad things. It's fine. What? So what do we think about uh, shows for next week? Is there any promising upcoming shows besides WandaVision, which I think comes out on Friday? Yeah, so I don't think we can squeeze that in for next week. I mean, Mr. Mayor is out now. It's not getting great reviews from its pilot, but uh, it's just one episode. Sure. It's worth watching. Um, and there'll be something else around. Sure. Let's watch the pilot episode of Mr. Mayor and something else that's around. Sure. Yeah, something else is going on. Will and Jada. There always is. Mm-hmm. So in discussing the fact that they may have gotten divorced recently, which they didn't. Okay. But because of like the whole cheating thing. Right. Remember? Was yep. it cheating? I don't know. Um, they gave an interview because they always talk about their shit. Right. They always air their dirty laundry. And uh, Will indicated that he would never divorce Jada because he swore till death do us part. And so the only two possibilities for him, in his words, are to be with Jada or to die. <laughs> what about your first wife? Was the same thing? Such not, a good point. Not made? That's such a great point. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, maybe you turn a new leaf on marriage number two. Or maybe you just can't be trusted. I think it's I think it's the latter. I think we've we've determined over 178 episodes. It is indeed the latter. What are we gonna do for episode 180? 80. 180. 180? Why? <laughs> so not next week, but the week after. <laughs> That's a big milestone. I think it'll be WandaVision. It's probably going to be WandaVision. Yeah, we'll know that. You're right. Yeah. Episode 180. WandaVision. I tell you, you're, you're, you. Not, you're not living in our time at all. You're living. <laughs> I'm, I'm on a scattered timeline. <laughs> you are living I'm, deeply in the future. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm definitely lost. I'm all over the place. <laughs>